Welcome to Form of Passion, episode 49. I want to thank everyone once again for joining us. This is currently being recorded at Sam's house in Northside, Richmond. Um, if uh, you enjoyed this episode, and this is your first time, and you want to support the podcast, you can subscribe to our Patreon and get an additional episode each uh, on the last Friday of each month, as well as unlock all of the previous Patreon episodes that we've recorded, which is a gracious many at this point. Uh, you can do that at www.patreon.com. It's going to charge you $2 a month, and you're going to get all that additional content, plus all the additional content going forward. Most of our Patreon episodes are more discussion-based amongst friends and uh, topic-based as opposed to interviews, so you get kind of you know two ends of the spectrum there. Um, at the beginning of each of these episodes, uh, for those that are not initiated, I read off the uh, most recent Patreon subscribers. Uh, so this week we got a few. I'm going to send a shout out to Josh Anderson. Thanks for joining us over there on Patreon. Um, we've got uh, just, uh, oh, Tyler, Tyler Wall. He was on the most recent Patreon. Uh, he's been involved in a lot of projects. Uh, Holy Land. He has a black metal project called Seraphim. He's also in the band I'm in, Mutually Assured Destruction. Uh, got Daniel Schultz. Uh, believe, uh, I believe Daniel Schultz is in the band Warn. If you have not checked out their new LP uh, on From Within, go give it a listen. If you like it, go pick up a copy. Um, and then lastly, we've got Michael Kent. Uh, Michael Kent is uh, in a local band around Richmond called Ghoulie. Uh, they, I think they believe, I believe they put out a 7-inch maybe last year or the year prior check that out if you can um and then oh and uh just got something uh from today someone edited their pledge to eleven dollars which is so much more than you need to be paying but i appreciate doug for doing that uh anybody that wants to pay extra that likes this a lot by all means go ahead um today uh we have on somebody that is just really an, an mvp in the uh, modern hardcore uh, realm, uh, you know, between all his projects, I, I mean, just ranging from Mind Force, Pillars of Ivory, uh, Out for Justice, uh, you know, and I know he's got a laundry list of, of other projects he's been involved prior. I mean, Yacht Club is, you know, like currently as well. Uh, it just, you know, I, there are things that this man is involved in that I, I'm not even fully aware of and i'm really anxious to learn um you know i, I don't want to spend any more time you know doing the intro i, mean, I just want to get right into it uh want to thank uh you know jay uh for coming on today jay how you doing sir hey so what up man thank you you made me sound you know not just like you know i'm about to go loop thank you so much <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, you're obviously an extremely talented person. So, I mean, you know, you sh you should be lauded as such. You know, if you're involved in this many projects and you're selling this many records and and having all these like extremely energizing and awesome shows, you know, I mean, you know, I'm sure people tell you all the time, but people should tell you, you know, like you're a big deal. Ah, uh, thanks, man. I'm humbled. I mean, I mean, so. I, right now like i know you work in the you know like like in poughkeepsie and stuff mm -hmm. are you originally from there or, or or were you from a different part of new york yeah i'm originally from uh my i'm I've, my family first lived in pleasantville new york 
Uh, you know where that is? It's in Westchester. It's like I don't, I don't. It's a little, it's a little outside the city. It's at you know as you leave the Bronx to go upstate. There's Westchester County. White Plains is the big city there. You probably know White Plains, mate. Okay, I've heard of White Plains. And uh, we lived in Pleasantville, um, and uh, we lived there till I was about six, maybe I think. And uh, you know, I my. We moved. My I, my my younger brother passed away. I was the oldest, and my my younger brother was uh, born with muscular dystrophy. And when he passed away, my parents just wanted to, you know, they wanted to find start over again. So they went even further upstate, and they went to this small hick-ass town called Dover Plains, New York, which is it's like thirty minutes outside of Poughkeepsie. Okay, so you, so you you go to Dover Plains. Do, do you remember, you know, like Pleasantville at all, where you kind of too young to oh yeah no dude i actually remember pleasantville better than some of the years after i think just because it was just in an intense time in a way with my brother you know he was uh he was born muscular dystrophy and uh it was just me him and my mom while my dad was working all the time my dad's a teach my dad was a teacher like i am you know a history teacher and uh that was a great time man i remember you know just the three of us all the time, my mom, my brother, and me hanging out. I remember it good. I remember it good. I remember a lot of, uh, uh, did you ever see the old, old G.I. Joe guys, like the ones before my time, like from the 60s? They're almost like the Barbie size. Yes, I definitely you know? know exactly the ones you're talking about. I yeah. remember in Pleasantville, I had like mad A-team toys that were like that size, like Mr. T. Oh, like... Like B. A. Baracus, yeah, 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 and, Hannibal, yeah, 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 Hannibal and shit. I remember, uh, I remember playing with those with my brother a lot. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I mean, I mean, like, I'm sorry you lost them. You know, obviously. Nah, yeah, it's it's, um, it's cool, man. Thank you. Uh, so after you know, you guys moved there for kind of like a like a new start, understandably so. You know, with like losing a family member and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, d- did you ever have any other siblings, or was it or was it just kind of at that point? Was did it just end up being you, your mother, and your father? Yeah, I did actually. We, they did end up having another sibling, my brother David, who's seven years younger than me. My mom, okay. my mom and dad. I, I believe they had me. I believe I might have been a little bit of of a surprise, you know. Ah. Oh, and uh, you know, like all good Italians, they they made made it right and got married or whatever they <laughs> they wanted them to do. And uh, you know, then we had my brother Justin. I remember, you know, my my parents ever hear this, they'll correct me, but. I think something like after my brother Justin passed away, uh, they saw a doctor, some type of doctor and um, some type of genetic doctor. And the doctor told them that, you know, their genetics uh, makeups, anytime they went further, if they were to go ahead and have another baby, the chances of like it, you know, also having muscular dystrophy again were like really good, like 75%. Like, I don't know oh, if that, wow. that's what it was, but it was a big deal, you know? So it was a rough time for my family because, you know, my mom always, since she was a kid, she always wanted to be a mother. That's all she wanted to do, you know? So it was rough for her and they, they took a chance and they had my brother, David, they used to call him the miracle baby because uh, I think he's, you know, he's completely healthy and fine. Shout out to Dave. <laughs> yeah, I mean, shout out to your brother. Yeah. I mean, I I understand that a, a little bit because um, so I, I have a younger stepbrother. Okay, uh, that um, you know, and I've, I I have a, like a couple couple stepbrothers, but one of them um, hit, 
his mother, similar to yours, was basically told like, uh, you know, one of my brothers is adopted and the youngest one uh, was natural to her. But she was basically told like, uh, this is in a previous marriage of hers, that she was told like, you're not going to be able to have children. Mm. Um, and then, so, and he was kind of like, a, like a miracle baby, same way where they didn't ex- expect this to happen. Um, and it did. And, uh, you know, I mean, like, uh, like is, is Dave happy and healthy? Oh yeah. Adult? Yeah. I tell you, yeah, he's a miracle. He's a miracle or something. I'll tell you that. <laughs> so, so, yeah. Same with my brother. So it's like, <laughs> yeah. He's know, good. I'm, man. I'm glad I'm, you know, I'm, I'm glad. That's cool, that man. Yeah. Him. That's cool. Um, when, when you know you're there in you said it was called it was called dover yeah dover plains it's a it's a small hick-ass town man yeah yeah what what do you remember about living in dover plains with your family like like what like what were you doing like as as a kid there oh man i remember a lot i mean some of the greatest times of my life uh real woodsy spent a lot of time in the forest you know a lot of time playing sports my dad is a big sports guy um Big, big soccer and wrestling guy. And uh, when we moved to Hick-Ass Dover, I think he might have been the first Italian to show up there. I'm not sure. But <laughs> he, uh, he, no, I'm just kidding. Not at all. He, uh, he started a soccer league because, you know, we, he, he loved soccer. He wanted the kids, his, his kids to play soccer, Calcio. And uh, there wasn't one, and he started one that's still there today. So, yeah, I did that. I, I wrestled a lot. You know, my dad and my uncles, the big wrestling family. Um, yeah, and uh, got into music there too, man. Um, my parents, I remember at an early age, my parents asked me, you know, like just like sports, they were like, hey, listen, you know, you don't have to stick with it if you don't like it, but we want you to at least try an instrument. And they kind of, I don't think, I think they kind of made me take piano at first. So I took piano lessons for a while, a few years. I didn't love, how, love it at the How time. old were you when that happened? Oof, I think I took piano lessons from when I was like 10 to 13. Okay. And I didn't like it at the time, I remember. I don't know why I felt... I don't know why I felt... My, I remember some of my friends making fun of me when I had to leave whatever practice I was at to go to piano lessons. And... Um, my parents, eventually, they were like, okay, you don't have to do piano, but, yo, you should pick something. And I wanted to because I love music. They love music. And I picked the drums. The drums. What were you listening You said about, like, you love music at the time. What, what were you listening to? And what was kind of like you said, your, fa- your parents, like your family loved music. What, was, what were you listening to kind of around, say, like that 10 age range? Mm. And what was your family listening to? I personally was listening to if I had if it was my choice to put on something because it was around that time when I was first starting to buy cassettes and CDs. I remember CDs were kind of new at the time. They had they came in these big long cardboard boxes. Uh, I was listening to just straight pop music, whatever was on the radio. You know everything from TLC to fucking I don't know, uh, Boys to Men. <laughs> Oh, sure. Well, Hell you yeah, know, a dude. lot of R&B radio, you know, a lot of R&B radio, a lot of early rap, but uh, not probably not gangster rap till I was like 13, but a lot of early rap, you know, cheesy, corny radio shit. Um, what, like Sugar Hill Gang or like? Run, no, like, no, not that early. More like yeah. uh, more. No. Yeah. That was like as I was being born more, more like yeah. uh, 
Heavy D and the Boys, you know. Sure. Shit like that, like uh, uh, the early Naughty by Nature stuff. Mm-hmm. I got uh, you. You know, stuff like that. And um, my dad, my dad, he's like a classic rock guy. You know, he's like, his dude is Neil Young. Neil Young everything. Like, mm. he's always, if you get in his car, he's definitely got Neil Young on. But also, you know, a lot of the 60s and 70s rock music. A lot of the 60s and 70s rock music. My mom, my mom, my mom was a big. See, my mom, my while my dad was teaching all day, Ace. My mom was an aerobics instructor. My mom's a dancer. She's really into like modern dance and aerobics and health and all that stuff. So she was really into pop music, all different kinds of pop music at the time. So I would hear a lot of the stuff she was choreographing her like dance moves and shit too. Like, what kind of stuff was she listening to? I mean, like, I'm imagining this is early 90s. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, I can guess, but. Well, her number one homegirl, I mean, her, I mean, <laughs> is uh, Gloria Estevan. She loves Gloria oh, Estevan. Oh, hell yeah. And, oh, hell but, yeah. you know, Mariah Carey, Madonna, um, you know, a lot of the pop of the 80s and early 90s. And a lot of, like, one-hit wonder stuff. You know, like C.C. Pennington, C.C. Music Factory. A lot of the, um, you know, looking back on it, a lot of it was New Jack Swing. A lot of it was oh, New dude. Jack Swing shit. Yeah, because it was that time period, you know. Yeah. That came out of like, the freestyle. Freestyle was a little earlier when I, I didn't, wasn't paying as much attention in the 80s, but the 90s, early 90s, a lot of it, late 80s was New Jack Swing. What, like, so, I mean, like, like I mean, I'm familiar with New Jack Swing mm-hmm. uh, and, you know, stuff because of, like, Boys to Men and, and you know, like, uh, like uh, who did Poison? Uh, yep. Bell Biv DeVoe. Like, Bell Biv DeVoe, yeah. Like, like, like you know, like, like that stuff. Like, I'm, I'm definitely, like, familiar. But, like, what was freestyle? I'm not familiar with freestyle. Oh, yo, freestyle is dope. Freestyle is kind of, and, dude, I, I you know, I, I don't, I, I could be wrong on this. I'm not sure. But freestyle, I, New Jack Swing, in my eyes, seemed like it was born out of freestyle. It's kind of like the 80s New Jack Swing. Okay. You know, it's like, um, oh, who are some, I'm trying to think who are some freestyle artists. Uh, I don't even know, man. I don't even know. Let the music play. You ever hear of Shannon? Let oh, let the music play. Music you know? play. Yeah, yeah. That that's freestyle. Yeah. See how that kind of oh, has a new shit. Jack swing feel a little mm-hmm. bit. It's just a little more eighties, yeah. but it's like that. Um, it's got that like uh, that dun 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 dun, dun like you know totally, like kind of like I totally. I know exactly what, I know the the exact song you're talking about for sure. That song rocks. Um, it's so good. Okay. Interesting. All right, well, I'm going to look my into wife it. Is, like, my wife is going to be mad at me because freestyle is her shit. I mean, she's got so real? much freestyle. Yeah, yo, my wife, <laughs> coolest ever. Yeah, but yeah, New Jack Swing was kind of born out of that. Out of that. Okay. Okay. Had no idea. I just thought it was like, you know, like like a hip-hop R&B combo. And they're like, yo, dog, what if we like started wearing like like earth tone suits that are really big yeah yeah and i thought that was like you know, like <laughs> yeah. that was the move you know yo i meet yeah. when i meet a lot of the um old school new york hardcore dudes they love freestyle this way i love really? the way i love new jack th- swing i think it's a generational thing i think because okay. i'm like you know a few generations you know above them I, i'm a new jack swing guy they like freestyle but uh yeah yeah sure 
So, you know, you're, you're listening to like that stuff at the time, like when, when you're playing, when you were playing like keyboard and like, and like piano and, and like eventually getting into drums, mm-hmm. was that the kind of stuff that you wanted to play or like kind of like, what, what did you end up playing? Yeah. I, you know, I would just, I would just play whatever the jazz at the time when I joined drums, I would just play or piano, whatever the teacher showed me. I didn't really have an interest necessarily to really seek stuff out. I would hear stuff. My dad messed around with the piano. My dad was good at reading music, but he had no rhythm. I mean, it, it was scary. You see this guy's rhythm. It's, it's, it's horrible. My mom, my mom has impeccable rhythm, but my dad, so he, but he would mess around with the piano. And sometimes I remember, I, I remember hearing him mess around with the, the Righteous Brothers Unchained Mel- Mel- Melody. You know that song? I know the Righteous so Brothers, was, uh, but I had to, I'd have to look that one up. My love, my darling, I hunger for your touch. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, for sure. Okay, another song. I remember him playing that, and I was like, oh, shit, that shit's kind of fire. You know what I mean? I remember, like, when they were, weren't around, like, opening up that the page to that song and trying to mess around with it. But it wasn't until I got into skateboarding and stuff where I was like, I want to play, play music that, like, is me. When did you get into skateboarding? Skating, uh, probably ninth grade. Okay. Ninth grade. So kind of right after this time period. Yeah, right after. It was quick. And, and, and you know, honestly, the mainstream sports that I was doing suffered from me getting into skateboarding and hardcore because I just, I fell in. I fucking dove in, man. I mean, it was that, it was it for me. I was going to ask because it's like, you know, you're, you're playing soccer and and stuff and, and and wrestling in like you know like what would be like the middle school time period and like i remember i was doing you know similar i was playing football and wrestling at, at that time in my life and then when i got to high school i was playing football but like i didn't ha- i feel i didn't have the energy to like do a bunch of sports at the time so yeah. i imagine like throwing in like skateboarding and like getting really into it and then throwing and in getting into music at the same time you know it just takes like it's going to take up all your time it really did ace I'll share with you a story I haven't told a lot of people. And, you know, before I share this with you, hey, listeners, don't judge me. I'm not proud of this behavior. <laughs> you know, I'm not to say I was a kid. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm not that. I, I live a righteous life today. But at the time. We all grow. At the time, um, I remember it was weird. There was one year, my ninth grade year. It was either my ninth grade year. Yeah, it was my ninth grade year where it was like we would start the soccer season a few months before school would start in the fall. You know what I mean? We would get prepared and blah, blah, blah. And I remember it was like I was literally discovering hardcore at the same time. And as the season started, um, I just got more and more into hardcore. But at the same time, I was excelling in soccer. So that spring, I was involved with the travel team. You know what those are? Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, I, was, I was traveling around and playing indoor soccer. And I didn't want to do it. I, my father didn't make me do it, but I remember I, for some, I just felt, the, I felt pressure to do it. And there was a time where a tournament fell on a hardcore show. I was going to a hardcore show in New Paltz, New York, in the Hudson Valley. And um, I went ahead and I went to the show. And I was like, yo, fuck, fuck this fucking soccer tournament. I'm going to the fucking show and doing karate. You know what I mean? Of course. And... Uh, Two, two hours into the show, my fucking pops pulls up. Ooh. Yeah, in a car. And he's like, yo, 
I don't give a fuck, you know, if you don't want to play soccer. But you made a commitment. You finish this season. Then don't come back. And you're especially going to the tournament. You got people counting on you. You need to not let them down. And he was right. You know what I mean? I mean, that's, and, I mean, that's a good lesson, yeah. And uh, I was, uh, dude, I was pissed, dude. You know, because I was a little bratty teenage angst. Yeah, here I am at the hardcore show. And by the way, you know, he pulled up. You know, I'm trying to look, you know, cool or whatever. You know, I'm hard. I'm at the hardcore show. My dad pulls up like a raging lunatic. You know what I mean? And uh, we get to the tournament and uh, first game in, I'm, I'm running towards goal and this dude like fouls me. You know, not bad, but he kind of like rips my shorts. And um, I don't know what got into me, Ace. I just fucking... I hit him. <laughs> I clocked him. And, you know, looking back at it, I'm really not proud of that behavior because really I was, I was, I was fighting my dad. I was saying, fuck you to him. I just, I was saying, fuck you to the world that wouldn't let me escape. You know what I mean? And just be at that hardcore show. Oh man, I hear that. And like, you, you know, know yeah. it was just like this moment of where I couldn't articulate how I felt. I didn't feel like I related to anything there. And I was stripped out of the only place where I felt at home at the time. And, uh, well, yeah, I ended up, you know, I ended up paying for it. They threw me out of the tournament. I couldn't stay in the thing. They sent me to the locker room. Ironically, I get sent to the locker room of the team of the dude I just hit. Yeah, they all showed up. Ooh. That was interesting. That part of the story we're going to leave out for the podcast. <laughs> you can talk about whatever you want, man. But, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So So, you know. It was really hard, Ace. You know, I tell that story because it illustrates your point. It was really hard doing all that. Yeah. And especially because those two worlds contradict each other in many ways. Well, you know, I think one thing that you're talking about and something that I can I very much so understand and find a lot of commonality in is, you know, you're at that point in time in your life where you – you talk about the obligation to like playing soccer. Like like you know, it's not like your dad made you but you feel this mm. this need to do that for him or for somebody else. And um you know, whereas like at the time and we're going to I'm going to ask some questions about this in a second, but you know, you, you've discovered hardcore and you're like, "Wait, this is where I feel most comfortable. This is where I feel like I'm myself." You know, like of course, anything in the world, be it your parents or like some kind of obligation that gets in the way of you going and being a part of something where you feel like yourself is going to be your enemy. And, you know, I would say this, it's like, at least you can look at, you know, you swinging on that dude, you can look at that and be like, I wasn't swinging on that dude. I was swinging on my dad for stopping me from, from, from taking me out of a place that felt like home to me. Because a lot of people would like, look back at that story and if they're not self-aware they you know they're they're like yeah like this guy pissed me off so i swung on him but they don't make the connection that it's like you're not mad at that guy mm. you're mad at somebody else yeah so i mean it, it's a good thing to be so at, at the very least you're like self-aware you know about it and be like you know i mean I, I, i'll be honest from the point of view as a father which i am right now it's embarrassing that's why i haven't told a lot of people that story but you know, I feel it illustrates your point. You know, it's it's because it is it's childish behavior. But you know, I was fucking sixteen, man. You know, of course, of course. I mean, I I think 
I think, you know, especially if, if you come up in hardcore in a certain time period, you know, myself included, it's like I, I think a lot of us have done a lot of things when we were younger that, you know, now we wouldn't even consider. Absolutely. Um, you know, you know, because you're, you're in an environment that, that is, you know, like incredibly beneficial, but also can at times be, uh, sort of champion activity that would you know, normally be considered reprehensible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just, it's just part of it, especially if you came up during a certain era. Most definitely. Uh, you know, you talk about at that point, you'd already gotten into hardcore. How had you found hardcore at that point? Mm. Yeah. Well, hardcore is one of those things. Ace. I, I don't know if you felt this when you found hardcore, even though it was new, was it kind of like, ah, this is what I was looking for. Um, yeah, the first time I heard like, uh, like not hardcore specifically, but metal, like, like aggressive metal. Um, I said to myself, like internally, I go, this sounds like how I feel. Yeah, dude, that's what I'm talking about. It's like, it's like, it's like when you meet like some of my, like, uh, you ever meet somebody and you, you end up becoming great friends with them because the first time you talk to them, it's like, you know, them forever. I don't know if mm -hmm, that's ever happened too, but that's oh yeah, that's kind of what it was like for me. I mean, I got into well, I got into like skating, and I got into um, you know, I got into like heavy metal. You know what I mean? I, I remember uh, uh, being shown like Metallica and Pantera, and then new metal was just exploding at the time. Yep. Um, I remember listening to Deftones, Corn. Uh, I still I still like the Deftones a lot. Um, They're incredible. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Around the Fur is an incredible record. Uh, uh, you know. I remember, um, yeah, I, I, it's funny, man, thinking of my dad again. I remember listening to that stuff in my room. My dad opened the door. What the fuck are you listening? <laughs> he thought he, he still, yeah. But, um, but yeah, sorry, I got sidetracked. But, yeah, and then, and then briefly, it was all like the same thing. It was all like the same thing. And the same dude that showed me like Metallica and Deftones and shit like that showed me a few demos. They showed me like a few demos of bands from the area. And they were like, this shit is hardcore. And, you know, it wasn't, you know, it was the mid 90s. It was the mid to late 90s. You know, it was 1997. So it wasn't hardcore. wasn't that much different than fucking Pantera at the time. You know what I'm saying? True. So yeah. it was like, it, it hit really hard for me. But Ace, I never, there was something about heavy metal and that I just never totally related to. And part of it wasn't just the music. Part of it was the aesthetic and the imagery, the darkness of it, the long hair. I just, it, it didn't pull me in, you know. Um, I was a skateboarder and, I, and, and, and one thing I left out is from my whole middle school years, I was deep into gangster rap. So when I found mm -hmm. hardcore, most people discover hardcore coming out of punk rock or metal. Mm -hmm. I kind of discovered it all coming out of hip hop. Ah, okay. And uh, I think maybe that's why hardcore really appealed to me. There was just something about the delivery and the aggression in hardcore that to me was a lot like the early gangster rap. I mean, the early gangster rap of the early 80s, late 90s is dangerous sounding music. It's aggressive sounding music. It's not like what it would even become in the later 90s. Yeah. You know, like Onyx and shit like that. 
Oh, dude. You know, they're like, like yelling and shit. Fucking yo, shoot guns on stage. Like, they're, uh, the, all right, Last Days, the, or, or the second, whatever this, the record is after Back the Fuck Up. Yeah. I know yeah. a lot of people like laud, like Back the Fuck Up, like they're like really into that record, which it's obviously great. But any chance I get to tell people to check out the, onyx record after that it is some of the most aggressive hardest music i've ever heard this shit is insane yeah you know and uh yeah. nwa was like that ice t was mm -hmm. like that it was very it was just and i was like oh this shit is dope and you know i'll be honest when i the first show i went to you know the hudson valley is really close to connecticut ace i don't know if you know that mm -hmm. but yes. uh I, the first show i went to wasn't in, in, even in new york it was in connecticut in New Milford, Connecticut. Okay. How how old were you when when this happened? Sixteen. Okay, so you're sixteen. Yeah. So had you already been like listening to hardcore music, like or no? You know, it kind of all happened. It was like there was one week I remember in gym class. My homie Will, shout out to Big Will. He uh, he came in. He was like, "Yo, man, I went to this because all my friends at the time were getting into drugs and shit." Mm. And they were going to raves a lot for the drugs. And okay. at the time, in the New York area, I don't know how familiar people are with this, but there would be a lot of raves after hardcore shows. You know, at this place, oh. at this place, the Boardwalk, Chill. as I think was in Brewster. And there was a real connection between rave music and and the hardcore scene for a moment. I've, I, you know, and uh, they ended up going to the hardcore show too before one of the raves and i remember my friend was like yo it was scary man the lights turned off and uh, i was just like and i was just i remember he was just like it was just sounded like the craziest thing scariest craziest thing i ever heard in my life and they were like you gotta come and then <laughs> and then they played us these bands and i remember one of the bands was this band dismay from connecticut all the bands. Okay, yeah. Yo, Ace, I don't know why. All the first bands I heard, their names began with D. Yeah? <laughs> what were the others? Dismay, Dissolve, Drowning Room. Uh, those are the first that I remember, but I, all D bands. But um, Was it all local to Connecticut? Connecticut or? and the Hudson. Dissolve and Drowning Room are from the Hudson Valley, and Dismay was okay. from Connecticut. The Hudson Valley and Connecticut, you know, I've, I've come to learn as I've participated in the scenes, has a long, long history of connections with the two scenes. They're, they're really brother scenes, Connecticut and the gotcha. Hudson Valley. Yeah. Gotcha. So, so you, what is the first show that you, you're 16, what is the first show that you end up going to? Sub-Zero headlined. Ooh, nice. Uh, that band Drowning Room I just mentioned played one of my favorite Connecticut hardcore bands of all time. If anyone's out there, never heard some of all fears from Connecticut. Check them out. They played. Oh, I know that band. Yeah, yeah. they played. Um, shit, those are the, really the only bands I remember, bro. I oh that band. Do you know Follow Through? Follow Through played. Oh yeah, follow, of follow course. Like played. it was a precursor to maybe Right Brigade. Or I think they made a shared members. I, I know Follow Through though. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, go. yeah. Follow Through played. They were dope too. I mean, um. And uh, I just remember really, I mean, as much as the music, falling in love with the moshing, as much as the mm -hmm. music. You know, people, other people might tell you, oh, the music, it was all about the music, but it was just a bunch about the moshing for me. 
I mean, at the so, time, couple questions yeah. and, or a question and a comment. You know, mm -hmm. like um, question. Like, what, you said this is like what, like ninety seven? Ninety seven into ninety eight. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. I just kind of want to get the timeline, yeah. and that makes sense for follow through and and kind of like and, and like this lineup and everything. But uh, you you talk about the like the moshing and everything. I mean, the thing about like moshing in a hardcore setting is it is like for an outsider, it is like unlike anything that you will see like anywhere else. It's like mm. you can like because you can you can watch TV and you can see like you know, like a metal performance on television and see people like jumping up and down and pushing each other. And so like the average person on the street, they're like, yeah, the music's kind of like energetic. That sort of makes sense. But if you were to throw people like windmilling and like picking up change and, and like what have you on TV, mm. people would be like, what the fuck <laughs> is going on? Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's insane. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, yeah. no wonder you like, you know, you see that, especially I'm imagining in Connecticut at that time period, I bet it's on a really optimum level. Oh, it's the dance floor. That was ill, man. I, I mean, what I really connected with it and what I still really love about the dance floor, um, just watching it because my days of moving around are long gone, but uh, mm -hmm. is the same thing I loved about skateboarding. Two people can do the same thing, but... Somebody with style can just express himself in such a way. And, and he can express himself with such style in such an angry way still. And it's something that I think, you know, not to be, you know, that dude, but it is, I think, style in moshing and on the dance floor. We are losing a little bit lately. Yeah, I mean, because I'll even say, like, uh, two things about what you just said. Number one, mm -hmm. Uh, maybe you agree with this. I've I've recognized in my tenure in in hardcore that uh, people that are really good skaters are great moshers and stage divers. Couldn't agree more. Most it, definitely, it's almost one to one. Yo, another thing. Know? I think I feel like if 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 you're starting a band and you're looking for a singer and you don't know to ask, ask the best mosher in your scene. Great moshers oh, make great yeah. singers. Yeah. Oh hell yeah! You know, get that good energy, good yeah. front man, yeah, man. You know, action. Um, but in the thing in regards to to style, I, you know, I like remember, like I remember when I was coming up, I could like name names of dudes. Oh hell yeah! And and be and be like you're like this dude. Hell like, yeah! Like, you know, like locally, be like oh, this guy Gary, this dude Titus, this dude Max. Yeah. Like you know, like I, I could like I could like drop like you know all these like names of people that had like ill like asian matt like i could drop yeah like, me, I mean, I, me too I man yeah go down a list but now and this is no diss to like you know anybody kind of what we're talking about but like i don't think i could I, like i think that list in the contemporary is it's smaller it's smaller it exists people that are like it exists and there's people out there that are hard moshers but style styled moshers i feel like that list i mean you, a lot, you, i so. mean I, you can quote me on this man if you could be the hardest monster out if you're doing it without style it's whatever to me yeah yeah because anybody can do that yeah. anybody can just like you know like deck fools you know it's like if you can make it like look sexy and you know then that's the <laughs> way yeah man um no i hear you on that i hear you on that so anybody that's listening uh that you know is a, is a young buck you know a gonna probably i bet you're gonna be hitting some dance floors before the end of the year uh come back out of the pandemic uh with style as a focus um 
But uh, so, so you're seeing this, you're, you're seeing the dancing, you're, you're hearing these bands and everything. Kind of like, what was the next step? I mean, like, I imagine you're just like... Oh, start a band, start a band. Yeah. yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, start a band. All right. What, yeah. what did you want the band to sound like? And like, kind of like, what was your plan on doing this? Well, yo, at the time, um, our area, a lot of the IDS shit was popping from the Bronx and Queens coming down okay, from sure. the city. I mean, there was there was a band, one of those bands is from here, this band Eye to Eye. Um, uh, Kenny the Singer, you, a lot of people know Billy Club Sandwich. Kenny the Singer is the other, from Eye to Eye is the other dude singing on uh, Slow With Your Hands. Ah, okay. Yeah, gotcha. yeah. Shout out to Kenny. He's one of the best dudes ever. Uh, he's he's a great, great guy and a great singer. But uh, a lot of that shit was popping, so we wanted to sound like fucking irate at the time. <laughs> All right. Yeah, yeah. All right. Like, and like my timelines with with a lot of that stuff is like not amazing. But I know irate was around. Uh, Billy Club was Billy Club around yet? Oh yeah, all that stuff. Only a couple. I pro, I'm not sure when they started, but it, that stuff was popping. And of course, I mean, this, these two bands that are like fucking just gods to anyone who comes up in our scene. All at War, who everybody knows, mm -hmm. and this uh, this other band Dissolve. A lot of people don't know this band Dissolve, and um, I mean, they're amazing. You, you you should go check out their first two records on Spotify. It's some of the most okay. creative different type hardcore you'll ever hear i'll check it i i haven't i haven't yeah. like yeah i haven't heard dissolve before um it's very but, uh, local it, it's very local but it's dope it's dope okay i mean dude i mean the thing is is that like i have an appreciation personally for things that are hyper localized because um you know you've experienced hardcore throughout like um like a bunch of decades you know mm. it's like now it's like you've got stuff that's localized to an area but because of access and the internet and stuff stuff's a lot more ubiquitous but at some point in you know at one point in time there are bands out there that you would maybe only hear or see if you lived in like one city or area absolutely you know? yeah yeah um, and i mean they would be influential all the bands here too i mean they were all so metal i mean the hudson valley our area our sound it's so crossover it's just like so it was all a lot of the same all bands that uh, kind of come from the same realm but yeah man i mean we wanted to see how slow we could chug okay sure yeah, all right what time. was the name of the band that you ended up making elevate band was called elevate. elevate yeah elevate can you hear it anywhere oh yeah it's on youtube people i've had people random people i don't and I don't know how the hell they would even know about it, but I've had random people at shows be like, yo, man, Elevate's sick. And I've been like, no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> you were playing drums for Elevate. Yeah, I played drums for Elevate. Yeah, yeah. And we, uh, oh, dude, how could I forget? The band we looked up to the most, the band that we would follow around and mosh to, it was like our team was this band called End of One from my area. Shout out to Beetle, my, my big brother Beetle, and, every, and, and, the, and Grippo and Jose and everybody in End of One. That band was huge for me. And uh, Elevate would play with them a lot and uh, sometimes open for All Out War. What was, what was End of One like? Oh, End of One you can find too. I think, I'm not sure, but I'm pretty sure, I think Streets of Hate might be releasing the End of One discography, but End of One you can find on YouTube. End of One was like fucking 90s death metal, but it was some of the first, I mean, I, 
it was like literally one of the first three or a few bands that were doing death metal in the hardcore scene i think oh dude i think i've heard about you you talk about this before somewhere yeah it was a different i mean kind of like everything a lot of who i am now came like i, I was such an impressionable kid then came from hanging out with those dudes okay yeah i came from, like like okay. like that's when i got into all the uh, have even heavier into gangster rap and more underground rap. Like those guys show me boot camp click and shit like that. And all the low culture and Tommy Hill shit, all that shit comes from all those guys, the end of one guys who were good friends with death threat. And that's how I met a lot of those guys too. At the okay. Yeah. Dude, I think I remember exactly when you talked to me about this. Yeah. I yeah, think yeah. We were at a show together here and you talked to me about end of one because you were like yeah it's like a death metal band with really hard parts but their their presentation was very like tommy hilfiger polo gear i mean yeah they looked like they stuff. were in a rap group you wouldn't even That's you so would not cool. know they liked hardcore metal whatsoever and um you know oh i'm i'm i'm, I'm you know i'm talking i'm forgetting to mention people i mentioned all those people shout out to my friend bones rest in peace he was uh one of the ringleaders in that group and uh, he passed away, but uh, uh, um, they, those guys were wild, man. They, 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 they had the craziest low and Tommy figure at the time because they robbed it all. They stole it all. Ah, okay. They stole okay. it all, and they, 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 they took me under their wing, and they used me for their mischievous ways. <laughs> you see, you, here's the thing. Kids are going to catch less heat than adults, you know? so, you know. So, bring the young uh, one out. But they would rob, they would rob and steal anything. And if Beetle hears this, he knows it's true. They would, they <laughs> would steal anything. They stole yeah. like, like End of One needed a guitar, they robbed a music store. They needed a drum set, they robbed a music store. I mean, there's something about like you know. I mean, I'm not no music stores in the Hudson Valley. In case anyone's listening. Yeah. You know, yeah, no, but I mean, like, limitations. You know, I, you know. <laughs> it's been a while. I yeah. think everybody's but fine. they, you know, I don't know where they you know, did it, but I, you know, I went there with them when they did it and stuff. You know, it was there's ridiculous. something about that. Just kind of like it's like, yo, man, like you know, like you know, we talk about like hardcore. You've you know, being hard. That's hard shit. You know, it's like you know that that's like hey, like you know, like I guess I mean we just the they street, thought it was funny. You know? I mean, um, yeah. I, I mean, elevate needed shit. Nick, who plays bass in Mind Force, was a bass player. Elevate. That's how long we've been okay. friends. And um, you know, I, his kids are too young to listen to this, so I don't. I feel comfortable saying this, but you know, he sold. Hey, he got all his. We got all our guitar equipment, not from robbing and stealing, but from selling drugs. You know, drug money at mm -hmm. the time. And you know, all this being said, if anybody's judging me out there. I live a very righteous life now, man. That's why, you know, the only reason I tell these stories is because you can learn from them. You know what I mean? I mean, I consider you like yeah. a super upstanding citizen. You're, you're out teaching yeah. the youth I was of young and I was you know? in these maniacs, you know. <laughs> you know. But, yeah. I don't, I don't think that you, I mean. I but at the time, that, it was a lot of fun, you know. You know? Yeah. At I mean, time. like, you know, you go on wild you know, kind of like wild gallivanting, you know, nights, you know, and stuff like that. It's like full of energy, full of danger and everything like that. It's just like hardcore. You yeah. Know, doing that kind of stuff is, it's the same energy. So it makes sense to me. It's almost one-to-one. -one. Um, 
you know, so it's like you're in with these guys. You end up linking up with with Death Threat. I mean, you know, just hanging. Out. Those those dudes would play shows together. I met all mm-hmm. those guys, but I didn't get real close with Aaron too much later on, probably. Okay. Yeah. What did Elevate ever play outside of the area, or was it always just kind of like within that zone? No, we ne- we played. No, we. I think we played. I think did Elevate play CBs? We might have played the city a few spots, but nowhere at no no. I think our first show was uh, was in somebody's practice space. I think it might have been Sub Zero's practice space. Honestly, I'm not, I, I'm not sure. It was it was a long time ago. Was that the first show you ever played? That was the first one I ever played, and then okay. my second one was at the Chance, and I was terrible. I was scared shitless. <laughs> So, yeah. so you're you're doing this. How how long has Elevate around for? Oh, I don't know. Two years, three years. Okay. My high school years. Okay. So Ele- Elevate, like, do you remember like what the reason like Elevate stopped was or? Uh, I I mean I'm not really sure. Maybe some dudes were doing coke too much at the time. Mm, mm, that can be that can be a problem. I'm being honest, not me, but you know, I don't know. <laughs> you know, uh, so you know, like, all right, so it's, you know, tumultuous, tumultuous inner workings. You know, like put, put a stop to things. You're, you're talking about kind of like it was your high school years. You know, what did you end up kind of like in just your life away from music? What did you end up doing when high school was over? Oh yeah, that was a that was a lost period of my life, man. Because I didn't want to play soccer in college or even go to college so you know at the time it was a misunderstanding between my parents and i Mm. you know and Mm. i i i tried it for a minute but it didn't work out and i ended up not living at my parents i mean i I lived on world avenue in poughkeepsie on a mattress underneath the staircase by a boiler in a basement for a while um but yo i've some of the happiest times in my life to be honest Dude, straight up and uh, i know exactly you know, what you're talking about man just to get out and be myself and make my own decisions you know mm-hmm. to use that metaphor of the story i told before just to get out of that tournament just to get away from that life and and uh you know it was good it was those were wild times in my life man from when i was like 19 to maybe 20 24 25 when i met my the woman who will become my current wife. Um, just angry times, man. Angry times. Still angry about my brother. Angry about shit, all this shit going on with my family. Just burning the world down. But having fun doing it with your friends, you know. But, you know, then friends fucking die, man. And crazy shit. You just kind of wake up. And you, 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 one day you just decide, I really got to make some better decisions and turn my life around, you know. So, I'm curious, you know, yeah, in, yeah. In this this time period, you know, from like like you know, kind of like 19 to like your your mid 20s, you know, you're talking about kind of, I I find that to be like a, just a very, you know, a very formative time period in most people's lives in general. Um, and, and, you know, it, it can definitely be sparked with sort of like this chaotic nature that you're talking about. What, I mean, like, you know, like, what were you doing to kind of like, you're on your own, you're free, 
you know, like, what are you doing to get by? And like, are you playing music at all? Or is it just kind of like you're hanging out? Yeah. Kind of like what was, no, what was I, I was living with guys I was playing music with. I was playing music with this band at the time called Robots and Empire. And we played a lot around Connecticut and the Hudson Valley. We weren't really a hardcore band. That time in my life, I was heavily getting heavily deep into post-hardcore, into, okay. into another quicksand. That's what we were shit like that. So we were playing hardcore shows, but we were playing all kinds of shows. But um, I mean, we weren't going super hard. We weren't torn or anything. I was, uh, for a minute, I was a pharmaceutical technician at a pharmacy. Mm-hmm. Had a crazy hustle going on there. Yeah, I bet. Um, <laughs> Then, then I, then we all got jobs at like this um, landscaping place, and I went with the arborist department, and I climbed trees for a while. Um, okay. I really, I did enjoy that for a minute. I loved being up in the tree and climbing. It was just when I had to turn the chainsaw on, I hated. It. I felt like I was going to die. Yeah, I mean, I imagine you know you got, you got you know, a weapon, you know, like in your hand, and you're high up. I'm I'll climb up the trees all day long. I'm I'm like a skinny little monkey, you know what I mean? But yeah. when you cut, when you are up fifty feet in a white oak tree, and you cut, you you cut the shit in half, and the whole top falls over your head. That shit's crazy, man. Dude, I fucking. Bet I mean, there's probably people out there that that do it every day, but to me, it was I'm not. I don't, I, at the time, um, speaking of stylistic moshers, there's a legendary mosher from the Hudson Valley, Matty Campbell, fucking dance mm-hmm. floor god. Rest in peace, his beautiful soul. He passed away climbing trees. Oh, damn. He died. He was in his late 20s during this time period. He's one of my friends I was talking about before who died and, uh, you know, I, I was like, I'm not climbing trees anymore. <laughs> I, I mean, I hear you. You know, your friend dies doing that no. and everything. You know, of so, course, like you're like, fuck this. You know, you don't want the same happening. He was, I mean, he was an amazing, amazing dude. He was, he's, there's pictures of him in a lot of legendary records. Like, uh, he's on like, there's a few hate breed seven inches where he's the dude on top of the crowd. That's Matty Campbell. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Fuck yeah, man. Yeah. Well, you know, rest in peace to your friend. Fuck man. yeah. I'm sorry to hear. Rest in peace. You know, uh, so, you know, I, I'm getting kind of like the vibe. Like you're, you're doing stuff, you know, like like you and your friends are kind of like working together to, you know, like find yeah. like, ways to support yourself and, and stuff. And uh, I, met, I met my wife, which is the best thing that ever happened to me. Beautiful. And, um, you know, she had a, a one to two-year-old little girl at the time and uh she ended up becoming my daughter you know what i mean and um really taught me about what real love really is and uh i still couldn't get one foot out of the wildlife you know what i mean and um i had a few injuries that really woke me up and had a few um i'm not going to get into them just we'll call them you know alter altercations with the law Sure. And um, sure. it scared me because at the time I was working to become a teacher and I was just about to get my master's and it, I almost lost everything, you know, and um, nothing bad or evil, just, you know, stupid shit. You know what I mean? Just being wild with your friends. And I was at a show, one show. It was, oh, yo, that's crazy, man. It was actually, 
That's wild. It was actually Maddie Campbell's uh, memorial show when he just mm. he just came up. It's actually Maddie Campbell's memorial show, and um, at the time, I was, my drinking was out of control. You know, uh, that road. You know, all the drinkers out there have fun, but I'm not much of a drinker anymore, man. Because that road, uh, sooner or later, that road gets too crazy for me, and. Uh, mm. Uh, my one of my best friends of life, my fucking brother, this dude, my friend Jesse, plays drums in All Out War. We lived together, and at the time, you know, we were we were a bad duo when it came to drinking whiskey and shit. You know what I mean? And uh, we were wrestling and shit. He's a he's a large man, and I'm a shrimp runt. But you know, we would mess around. And I would like wrestle with him, and. Uh, we were just drinking and he didn't realize his strength and he threw me through a window and I almost cut off my right arm. Damn, bro. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Wow. That was a big deal for me. It was fucking crazy. I mean, a lot of people, it happened in front of the whole show, in front of 300 people. Uh, there's probably people listening that might remember it. And it was, it was nuts. And, you know, they told me, you know, I wasn't sure if I was going to drum again and shit. And it was really, it was hard recovery and it was, uh, it, it just made me realize, you know, all the, those, the, when bad things happen like that to me, I was drinking, you know what I mean? And, um, mm. that was a big turning point in my life, that injury. What, what year did that happen? Oof. Oh, Ace, I'm not going to get this right, man. I want to say <laughs> 2007, 2008. Okay. So, so is, is your, your wife's already in the picture at this oh, point? Oh, yeah. Yeah, she was right there with me the whole time. And the, the dude, yeah. my dude Bones, who I mentioned earlier, he passed away a couple years after this. But he, him and my wife were with me in the hospital the whole time because when I got to the first hospital, you know, when my arm went through the window, I really did the damage when I pulled it back out of the window because it wasn't that, you know, it was really that gangly glass. It was like a glass door type deal mm -hmm. with like wood frames inside it. I don't know if you know what I'm talking Oh, yeah, dude. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. And uh, so I had like glass all down into my hand and shit. And the fucking the doctor there, he just refused to do anything. He was worried that he was going to botch it and I was going to sue him. So then they had to rush me to Westchester, <sighs> Westchester Medical. It was crazy, man. It sucked. But, you know, I'm, I'm fucking banging on the drums today. My arm's real strong. I mean, it looks a little deformed, but... I mean, but to say it's like, you know, I, I, I had no idea this ever happened to you. So, yeah, I mean, I had you know, a lot. I mean, there's shit. I would be here all night, Ace. I've lived a fucking <laughs> interesting life, man. I, I don't know. I mean, it, so it sounds like it, you know, and, and, and to be like very, like, to be like, f like straight up with you. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of things that like you're talking about that I like really identify with, like in cool, regards man. to like cool. kind of like a tumultuous time period. But I am. Just knowing you now, mm. super surprised at other things, because because it's not, it it's not like the dude that I've I've I met when I first met you. Absolutely, like yeah. the presentation is so different. Yeah, man. Than than this, you know, um, and and I think that in itself is is super interesting on its own. It, it, it's sort of this arc of of character, you know, almost that. Yeah, I, that, I always know, I always I always was a good a good dude I, I made i definitely had some bad moments and made some bad decisions but i was always there for the people i loved and um you know it was around this time 
when this happened and my friend Bones died, when I was like, you know what? I want to like build a life for my family. And uh, right. I have been running from teaching. You know, I'm, I'm kind of a born teacher, to be honest with you. I, I, I don't, I'm not, I don't like saying that. I don't feel good saying that, but <laughs> I don't know. It's really the only thing for me. My dad, I come from, you know, my dad's a history teacher and shit. And uh, I went back to school, you know, while I was climbing trees at night. And um, my brother Paul and Dissolve, his wife, who's a sister of mine, a big sister of mine, Gretchen, beautiful human being. She took a chance on me. She saw me with my daughter and she saw that I was good with kids. And she took a chance on me and she offered me a teaching assistant job at a private school. Um, Beautiful. And uh, from there, I went, I went to school. I got, I got my bachelor's and master's at night uh, doing that. Um, and starting before that, as I was climbing trees, and, you know, I became a teacher age 30. Are, were you still, like, in this time period, or are you still, like, playing music? Yeah, or? yeah. The whole time I got my degree, I was in Living Laser. Okay, so like band wise, let's backtrack a little mm -hmm. bit so we get we get to Living Laser. Mm -hmm. So, what was the name of the post hardcore band you were in? Robots and Empire. Robots and Empire. How you know from playing like the heavier stuff in like the late nineties? Mm. Uh, how did you get into wanting to do post hardcore music? Kind of after after Elevate, dude. This is something I don't know if a lot of people are going to be able to understand. I am a fucking music head, dude. I love hardcore and I'm a hardcore kid, a dude, whatever you want to say. I'm not a kid anymore, I guess, but hardcore is my culture, but I love all music, man. And I always did. I always did. At the time I was in Elevate, fucking playing irate riffs, I was listening to Quicksand. It was always that for me. I never, and, and back then, Ace, I'll be honest, it wasn't like now. It was really segregated between genres. But I was, oh, dude, yeah. I was never that dude. I've always fought against it. I've always just lived by my own music rules and uh, loved everything. Right. Yeah. So, like, you know, so, so you're, like, you're listening to, like, Quicksand into another, uh, you know, uh, like the the other kind of like post hardcore du jour, I'm imagining there in the '90s, and so and was all just the like, New York hardcore. I mean, new, the New York hardcore shit, the '80s and '90s shit is my bible, man. That's my favorite. Oh, you I know, mean. all the all the different kinds. Even you know the classic shit you think about when you think of New York hardcore, the crossover shit. But even the other shit I was talking about, you know, the shit that was popping in the Bronx and Queens, the IDS bands and shit. I love that. Yep. I love it. You know? I think that gets reflected in the in the music you make now because it, 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 like, sounds like it's, like, influenced by, like, the 80s classics. But also it, it does – there are, like, things that are within, you know, your various bands that – uh, could maybe be attributed to like an EGH or a Katerav or something. Okay. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like, like maybe in, in some of like the, the more danceable parts and in, in, in things you do. Okay. Um, so I, I can, I not I, beforehand, I would have not pulled that out, but now that you say that I'm like, okay, I can maybe, I, mean, I can maybe see. I this. just love it all. When I'm writing shit, man, I don't think about it too much. I, I think that can hinder you. I just let it flow. I th you yeah. know what? I think it's a very natural way to approach yeah. that. Yeah. Because um, people can get hyper analytical, hyper structured, and everything, and then your music comes off rigid, and uh, just you know, the, the, the inauthentic, in a way. 
um, if you're doing it by too much by the numbers. But um, so you know, you you do you know robots and empire and and but you talk about living laser when you kind of like are doing this time period where you're getting into the teaching game and everything. Mm-hmm. How did robots and empire stop and how did living laser begin? Uh, dude started having kids mm. and had to take breaks with bands and um, I w- you know I, robots and empire was playing with a band a lot called Casket Architects who's like. They're like a punk, an electronic, a punk band with electronic influences, like crazy, like Misfits meets Devo type shit. Sure. And uh, the guitar player, singer in that band was Mike Shaw. Oh, who was a good, and we we were one big team, man. That's the thing about our scene. Now, you know, People know our bands, but even when people didn't, we were always tight. We were always making music. We were always doing whatever we wanted with music. And uh, Mike was starting a band. He was like, I want to start a band like the bands I love in high school, like 80s punk hardcore. And uh, I was like, oh, man, I, w- I wish I could had the, you know, I wish I could sing for that. I've never been a singer, but I, I think I could do it. And he was like, yo, man, fucking do it. And I did it. And, you know, now people know me as a singer not a drummer it's weird yeah i mean i i only met you as as you know like a singer so, yeah, so yeah. you sang you sang in living laser yeah i sang in living laser yeah okay okay i i remember at like i think the first time i ever went to poughkeepsie uh played with living laser oh yeah I, definitely I, I, definitely yeah definitely. i remember this now okay Facts. i don't I don't think you and I had like met each other yet, so I didn't put two and two together. But in retrospect, I, I remember. No, I, I remember that show. I mean, I dead ass stayed in the kitchen of the pizza place rolling blunts for three hours. I only, <laughs> I only stepped out to watch the bands play. But I specifically yeah. fucking remember Breakaway's set. I brought Breakaway's set up with you before. That set stuck in my head, man. That set was a wild fucking set in Poughkeepsie. Oh, uh, thank you, dude. Yeah, yeah no, dude. We really liked playing there. Like, you know, for sure. I liked playing that spot. Um, when when the time when 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 we kind of like got got there and uh, weird spot that, that became, yeah, weird spot. But I mean, like for me, it was like, you know, when it came to playing like kind of like that area, like I had not heard of the Hudson Valley prior, you know, like to to you know the Casey's kind of making those shows happen. Well, it never, the, uh, it's, it's interesting you bring that up, Ace, uh, some history. The term Hudson Valley hardcore did not really come about until the 2010s. We were just always New York hardcore. Right. But the thing is, when you would play with the bands from the city, it didn't feel like you were the same as them. So sure. it was like, it was like, and we were always in the shadow of the city. And that's a whole, you know, but... It, wa- it wasn't until there was a group of kids, this band called Colony. Dope fucking band. Anybody doesn't know them. Oh, did. yeah. I played with them in like a, like a, like a, I swear, like a Starbucks or something. Oh, shit. In, in like, it like looked exactly like a Starbucks wow. in North Carolina one time. Okay. Yeah. But they, they, those kids were scattered about around the area and they started, I remember noticing them say it. Maybe I'm wrong. But I want to give them the credit, and we really rode with it hard. I mean, we started. Sure. We, we we heard that, and we started putting in our songs, because 
that what our scene was always the Hudson Valley, but people always just said New York hardcore. I mean, you know, it, I mean, it goes with my, to prove my point, I mean, if you look on all, all that war stuff, it doesn't say Hudson Valley hardcore anywhere. You know, they would just right. refer to themselves as New York hardcore because that's all it was. But at the end of the day, you know, all the sections of upstate, because New York State is so fucking big. You say upstate, it means a lot of different fucking scenes, man. I mean, you're talking about scenes that are five hours away from the Hudson Valley, you know? Oh, sure. You know, like, 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 like Syracuse. I, I've never been to a show in Syracuse. Oh, for real? Dude, that's far. That's like, yeah, yeah. That, that scene is, might as well be in North Carolina to me. Oh, I mean, yo, I mean, here's the thing. It is far for sure. Um, and actually, like... I would love um, to. I, no, oh, oh, excuse me. I've played in Syracuse. I've been, now I've been to, but, you know, during these, growing up and everything, and besides just uh, not going to play a show in a band, you know what I'm saying? Right, yeah. right. Just like going. Yeah. I, I was actually here. That's a question. How much traveling were you doing like outside of the area kind of like throughout like the, let's say the two thousands or was it a lot or were you just kind of like, okay, so you're, you're going to other spots. Oh yeah. Well the city, you know, we're long Island and the Hudson Valley are on each side of the city. You got to drive through New York city to go to long Island from the Hudson Valley. And you got to drive to New York city to go to the Hudson Valley from long Island. So right. that's really like the center, the centerpiece to, to the most I was traveling, but I was traveling to Connecticut and even going to bo- where, dude, yo, wherever I wanted to see a show, I was driving to. You know what I mean? Gotcha, gotcha. You said you said you were going to Boston. Yeah, here and there. I remember seeing some of the early uh, Cave In Converge shows in Boston and being blown oh, blown cool. away. Yeah, cool. I love Cave In. Yeah, um, yeah, me too. So, like, all right. So with kind of we get to the, like the living laser portion mm-hmm. you make this new band that's inspired by like the 80s stuff like you know like like, like you're, you're linking up with mike musically uh and everything what you know like did you guys play like outside of the area or like a lot or were you kind of like you're in the middle of school and stuff and and, and making this transition to being a teacher or were you kind of like i ah, you know can't can't take too much time off gotta you know like stick around here totally yeah we were and mike you know Mike got married and stuff, and I got married, and Living Laser's bass player got married, and, and we had a lot of life stuff going on. And, but, you know, we played as much as we can. We, we played the same way Mind Force does, but we just didn't, sure. we didn't have as many opportunities as Mind Force, you know. But we did play. We played the New England Metal Fest. We played some This Is Hardcore oh, cool. after shows. Um, we played some six shows, man. It was a great fucking time. And that time... The time of Living Laser in the Hudson Valley was a dope time in the Hudson Valley scene at the pizza place, and and uh, it was like a rebirth of our scene in a way. Look, why do you think that happened? I don't know, man. I think a lot of times the success of a scene is built around the success of a band or a few bands. Sure. I mean, maybe not, but, you know, All Out Wars activity, you know, it dipped. I feel like when All Out War is playing, or there's a, or if not, there's a band that is bringing in kids. Like Living Laser in the Hudson Valley, other places, whatever. But in the Hudson Valley, like that pizza place, we were packing to, you know, as many kids as possible in there. Sure. You know, so sure. I think when there's when there's something like that, the scene 
scenes fluctuate with the successive popularity of bands within that scene. That's, I mean, that's true. I mean, like c- scenes are like, I mean, to make a weird like comparison, it's like scenes are almost like stocks in a way where it's like, mm. you know, sometimes like, sometimes it's like stuff's up. You know, yeah. So you know, like for like for like one reason or another, maybe like some bands from your area are popping off really hard. Maybe you have access to like really good venues. Maybe you've got like a festival going on, you know, where you are that like puts a lot of eyes on like what you're doing, you know, whatever. Mm. And then other times, like you know, like some bands break up or you lose venues or whatever, and then things become more difficult. You know, yeah. um, I've seen I've seen it happen to here, like up up and down like like into varying degrees like multiple times so mm. I, I know what you're talking yeah. about where like sometimes you know sometimes you'll be like ah like you know it, it's like stuff stuff wasn't like as hot as it was a couple years ago but then like you know the year after it's like you know new band or even like a like an older band like it's a new record yeah album, yeah like, totally you know um so like and it, it, to bring up uh, something that you brought up earlier, mm-hmm. it's like you talk about all out war. Fucking yeah, because best. because they never yeah. Oh dude, I mean like, you know, I I got shown. Uh, oh man, not condemned to suffer uh, for those who were crucified. Yeah. Uh, when I was like sometime in like high school or something like that, and I just remember like hearing like resist on there and being like, man, nothing could sound. It's this insane. Menacing, <laughs> like. Like nothing could sound this violent to my ears, um, but uh, you know, I never knew that. They, I never knew that they were like a. I, I saw New York hardcore with them. Yeah, so totally. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, like there's a lot, there's a few bands that you could argue that people think of as New York hardcore that you could argue uh, are from the Hudson Valley because we're right underneath the city. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um. So like with like living laser you're playing you know like stuff he, you know here and there like when you can and everything you're starting your career as a teacher you said you started that in like 2010 yeah 2010 and and I was I was really excited about it man it was it was uh it was important to me to make my career something that would I could like work towards like a a bigger picture and helping the whole world in a way and that sounds kind of cheesy but it was no, dude, it's a big that's, deal that's to awesome. me you know what i mean and, it, it and uh be. what i do is really important to me uh we're especially not just teaching public education but inner city public education specifically is is important in, uh, in my life i bet also it's like you know like you talk about your previous experiences that you've had and everything like you know like maybe you're like teaching kids and and like in like the inner city that have like maybe like not had the easiest lives. Oh, dude, complete like, that you're hitting it on you know, the head, man. I'm I'm the bad kid's favorite teacher. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure that they're like, but, oh, uh, I I can identify with this guy in the, in some way, or, or this guy knows how to speak my language. And I I, I tell kids the stories. I'm I'm telling you, you know. Not sorry, yeah. I cut you off, but I, I tell kids. Oh, you're fine. You know, I just told this past Thursday, I told a story about, you know, when I tried to egg a cop car in eighth grade and I failed, the, uh, the cop got me. <laughs> but uh, it was a lesson. You know, I tell that story, not as some shit like, you know, it was, it, it, to, you know, I mean, I tell to those, I, I was telling it to those kids, honestly, because I was making a comparison how they would have probably been shot and I would have, I got tackled because I'm fucking white. But yeah, that's a whole nother thing. But yeah, where I work, man, it's a big deal to me. What I do, it's important in my own life. And uh, yeah, 
I mean, no, and 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 it's like I mean, I like I harp on it all the time. Like, I you know, like uh, I, I think teach. I think teachers are like there. There's so much more respect should be given than even exist and like I, yeah. I hate I hate how teachers are paid and <laughs> and everything you know I never talked about it with you before but I actually uh, I went to school and studied English because I wanted to become an English teacher guys you kind of got um, a teacher's voice oh do I yeah I mean I wish I had a better voice for teaching sometimes the kids are like what's that word you just said because I got a little <laughs> bit of a fucked up speech but yeah, yeah. man yeah I, yeah you, you got a teacher vibe going on Ace cool I've cool uh, not because- the first time someone's Told me that. A lot of teachers I meet are assholes, man. You got a cool teacher vibe going on. Oh, I, you know, I, I would hope that I would be. Yeah. I would hope that I'd be one. I interned like for like a couple, like a few classes at one point in time in my life, and uh, I think I was too young, like when that happened, because I what I was it was with high school kids, and so I think they recognized that like this guy is not that far away from me in age, so respect was not very high. Um. Yeah, and it, it was it was kind of like a difficult experience. I I, I think it kind of pushed it's, me away. Yo, from it's hard, doing, man. It's hard. It's you easy. gotta be patient. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. You really do. How how have you been do like dealing with like stuff with teaching during the pandemic? Ugh, I hate it. Dude, I bet. I mean, I I, I do it. I mean, uh, it, it's it's it is what it's. I'm doing the best I can. The kids are doing the best they can, but I mean, it's it's going to be a rough period to come back from. Yeah, I mean, it, it's real hero shit. I mean, like, I watch like videos of like what teachers have to do to like teach a class, you know, and everything, and I'm like, oh my god, it's just like I mean, it's not. The, the, I, you know? I don't. It's not like that hard or anything. I'm I'm teaching like I'm in a class and I'm teaching to half the kids in the classroom and half on the computer. It's just. Right. You know, some of the excitement that you can bring that you sometimes, man, you got to be in person to make freaking Otto von Bismarck and fucking German unification interesting, dude. That shit is boring as shit. It's just white dudes with fucked up mustaches. Yes. And it's just, you know, when you're teaching it online, it's just like to a fit. I don't know. I I, I need the human interaction, man. And I need to I need us to be in a room and talk about fucking life and being a human being and history and I, I can't do this virtual shit but i'm doing the best i can man i'm sure yeah. and you know and, and so and are I the kids it. so are the kids oh yeah i mean and, and that's good to hear it's good to hear that you you know you pick that up from them and and th- that you're all trying your best they're you doing know? way better than me remember the stories i just told you i would have i would have stole i would have sold the laptop the school gave me <laughs> you probably would you know? <laughs> or be or my my homie would have took it from me we're stealing you know Yeah, I mean, hey, you know, at at least you get a minute. Yeah, (laughs) but uh, you know, so during you're starting, it's like kind of like post 2010. Mm -hmm. You're starting your teaching career. You're doing Living Laser. You know, how long does Living Laser go for? Uh, Do you do any other bands in this time period? And and when does Mind Force start? Yeah, I shit, I might have done random little bands. I can't remember. I'm always doing a few couple extra bands, but Living Laser stopped around 2015. Okay. And Force put out a demo in 2016. Mindforce was much more of a like calculated 
like Living Laser was just dudes hanging out and then, oh shit, yeah, I guess we could play a show. Mind Force was like, all right, we're going to start a band. It's going to have this sound. We came up with a name before we came up with a song, which I don't think I've ever done before. Oh, wow. Yeah. And uh, I, you, I never really cared about a name in a band. And I realized that's because I'm a stunad and it's really important. <laughs> so I put some thought into Mind Force. I named it after Mind Power, which is the Bad Brains original name. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, that band has been like, like a fucking dream, dude. It's like it's just that band's never had a bad show. It's crazy. You know, it's crazy. It's crazy, man. It's crazy. It's special. It really is. It's special. That band's really special in my life. Mind Force is such an interesting entity to me, especially for the the, the time period that we're in. Um, I mean, when I first heard about Mind Force, where well, I, I heard from friends. They're like, "Yo, there's this band. We don't know any of the people in it." Uh, but like they go so off live, like they are like physically going so hard. You've got to see it. And I think I saw like a picture of like you like jumping off like an amp or something. And I was like, yeah. whoa, I was like, all right, like respect. Like I'm liking the energy of like, of like, you know what I'm seeing. I got to see this. Mm. Um, and like, had that been kind of like a, like a thing with with your like bands previously or did you approach mind force and was like yo like we're gonna take like the the live game to like a whole other level yo honestly dude we were like that in living laser i might have went crazier in living laser wild because there was a midpoint in mind force where i i fucking got i'm i got injured bad I remember you telling me about yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. Like, like back stuff? Yeah. I just, dude, if you look at the early pictures of Mind Force or Living Laser, I was being very, like, I was jumping ignorantly high off things. Oh, yeah. Like, I would, I would show up in the club and I'd be like, oh, what the fuck can I jump off here? <laughs> I want to jump off something, you know, and, and just because I love it, man. Even now, I, I miss it. Like flying through the air goes back to like skating and stage diving. I just, I love that feeling, and uh, it was good into Mind Force's thing when that happened. I think it was the record release for the um the, the our seven inch. Okay. I can't remember. I think maybe it's self title. I can't remember the one with date uh, history of the history of. Yeah. The title track. And yep. wow, that was pathetic. And um uh I was I was leaning over I, I was going really in I was turning it up a little too much because Ace, I don't know about you, but I'm inspired by greatness. Watching greatness. I'm I'm inspired by feeling insuperior. And um whenever I play with bands who I think are unbelievable, specifically with unbelievable frontmen, I have the best sets ever. For some reason, because I'm just like I need to. I need. I'm. I'm very competitive. I'm really competitive with that in my own mind for no reason. You know, it's a respect thing. Sure. But um, I remember that night, everybody was ill, dude. Fucking uh, Seb from Regulate, his side, oh. his side band played, and he he just he's ill, and everybody was ill. He's so good, dude. So I got on stage. I was like, I'm gonna try to fucking cry to kick the ceiling. And I really did. I remember trying to jump high enough to karate kick the ceiling. And then at one point, 
I was leaning over, you know, at the stage for people singing along. And my homie, like, climbed a re- one of the high PA speakers that's, like, up above, maybe 10, 8 feet above the stage. And he jumped off, like, attempting to do a flip on top of the crowd. And he just hit me. and He just landed on my lower back. Proud. And I fucking... I felt it right there, but I was so in the moment of intensity of live chaos and peace. You know, I didn't recognize it. And I continued to go insane, tried to fucking karate kick, you know, the ceiling and dumb shit. And, uh, dude, the next day I got up, I, I, I crawled. I couldn't walk. I couldn't walk. And, um, I don't think it was exactly that injury. I feel like that opened fucking 20 years of skating and stage diving and and rest and just you know wrestling and just being an idiot you know oh i mean that stuff can add up like i mean like you know to to what you're talking about i thought about you immediately recently Mm. so like i've had back problems oh shit that's bad for 10 for 10 years oh dude you know and i only recently like it got so bad. You gotta be, like, you gotta be right. proactive about it, man. I know, yeah. man. And like, and I wasn't doing that. And recently, I was like, okay, like I got to like a really bad point where I was like, I'll actually go to physical therapy. So like, I, I started that. Yeah. But it's like, I think it's like, you know, being in a van all the time. Absolutely, it's like everything. You know, you know, sitting down. Yes. For like work, or whatever. For me, it was like lifting. Yes. I think I I originally heard it playing rugby. Yep. Um. But yo, I mean, like yo, like like I know Scott Vogel had the same oh my god that his is even i I don't know his scares his his scares me even more man yeah i'll do for sure because he like he had to get like so like you know like a bunch of surgeries i'm very lucky i i'm i'm doing better than i'm fucking killing it right now i'm not even wearing i'm not i'll still wear my back brace when i play like i've been but i haven't been playing it when i play drums and i I feel dude i'm i'm killing it now you know and i i that 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 was well after that happened I didn't know what the fuck to do, man. I had like sciatica going down my whole leg into my foot. I couldn't walk. Damn. And it that was that injury. And I, I feel a little bad saying this because people deal with so much harder shit. But at the time, it was one of the darkest times in my life because it just it took everything away from me. I couldn't bend down to pet my dog i couldn't pick up my daughter i couldn't help my wife snow blow the driveway i couldn't i and and what really hurt is i have been doing bands for so long that nobody gave a shit about and mind force was just about it felt like we were just catching some about to be popping and i was like man you 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 had just booked this on united blood and i was like i don't know how the fuck i'm gonna play united blood Oh, I kind of remember like, like a rumor going around the, the, that it was like, oh, they might be just like done. Yeah, you know? yeah, there was, I, I, dude. I couldn't. I I got this thing called floating rib syndrome during it because when I started to do physical therapy, especially when I started to go to chiropractory, or if that's how you say it, to the chiropractor. I'm not sure the term, but uh. When he started moving my fucking bones around, man, I, I, my, I had this one rib. I don't know if anyone out there has experienced this floating rib syndrome where my rib would flow out of my rib cage and it would feel like it was stabbing me. 
And when I, I went, I tried to, I, I rested for like a month and then I went to band practice and then I tried to sing and it, it, I, it was like shooting my rib out when I would, you know, to sing. And I was mm -hmm. like, fuck, I was like, I, I don't know how I'm going to do this. And I really, it was heartbreaking to me at the time, Ace, because I love music and those other guys were depending on me too. You know, United Blood, we're, we're fucking cornballs, Ace. You know, that shit to us is the biggest deal in the world. That's like, oh. that's like fucking getting to the World Cup, bro. So it was like, to us, like we were like, I didn't want to let those guys down, man. You know, so I took like two months off from playing shows. Canceled the show. I remember with Regulate in Connecticut, I was bummed about. And I just, dude, at the time, I was reading, you know, I read a lot of comics. Batman has this story arc from the 90s called Nightfall where Brain Bakes is back. I was reading that. Comic. Oh, yeah. Batman comes back. I was like, I got to be like fucking back. I got to come back from breaking my back. I was reading that every day. I was going to physical therapy, building my strength again at home with weights and, my, and, and like this big workout ball and shit. I was going to the chiropractor and um, I got good enough to play that show. I'll be honest, when I was driving down, I was almost like, I don't know how the fuck I'm going to do this. But Shit, man. I tell you who saved my ass, mm -hmm. my brother Aaron from POI and Death ah, Threat. I showed yes. up and he had just flown in from Connecticut and he had all these sativa edibles with him. Mm -hmm. And, you know, sativa is a real uplifting high. And uh, he was like, yo, eat all these chocolates. <laughs> There you go, dude. And I ate That's them medicine. all. And yo, it was like a painkiller. Because one thing for me when I hurt my back is um, I refuse to take painkillers. Because um, one, one of my friends who I mentioned before had an issue with that. And he ended up passing away. Oh, damn, man. Yeah. And I mean, I, that's a really slippery slope. I feel man. like when you start, it was like you start taking them, you never stop. So I was just like, nah, fuck that. But it was making it a terrible time in my life because I ended up not sleeping for weeks. And then when you don't sleep and you're in extreme pain, it just creates this fucking witch's brew of terror. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm, of course. And uh, the song Nightmare by Mind Force, I wrote on my back in my basement at three in the morning during that time period. Oh. Yeah, a lot of Excalibur. I wrote all Excalibur during my injury, during that time. Damn. Period. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's like good to know because it, it gives like kind of like a different perspective. Yeah, that's kind of what kind like of the like song the... Excalibur is about. It's kind of like <sighs> viewing your motivation as a weapon to cut through physical pain and keep moving in life. You know, to to that point, prior to your injury, you, like like a lot of like, you know, you you've said a couple of things that have like had kind of have like 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 light bulbs have gone off for me. Mm. You talked you talk about playing, and you were talking about like experiencing like a certain level of peace performing. Oh, and you're absolutely. talking about like kind of like you're talking about you know like like the Excalibur about having this motivation to like get through things. In, in life, where do you draw this sort of philosophical, like, uh, kind of approach to kind of like living and, mm. and your music that I'm picking up? Wow, Ace, that's a really cool question, man. Um, my father, mm. my father, and the way he 
taught me to look at life through sports a lot, wrestling and, and uh, even music. You know, um, he, my father is, he has shown me my philosophy of life. Yeah. That's, I mean, that, that's beautiful. So in, in a way that like you, your career is the same as your father yeah. and your philosophies, you know, are similar yeah. or the same. In, For what it's worth, if he ever hears this, he's a terrible musician. He's doing God's on the playing all instruments. <laughs> Okay, so you didn't get that part from him. Uh, but the that's other my stuff. mom. My grandfather was a singer. My grandpa was like, a, like a stereotypical Italian barber who would croon while he cut your hair. Oh, that's yeah. awesome! And that also seems precisely like somebody that you would be related to. <laughs> 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 that seems very what I would imagine yeah. being in your lineage. Uh, so you know, this time period. Mind Force starts 16. You know, you, these injuries occur in, in what, 17, 18? I, th- yeah, I think it was beginning of 18. It was like yeah. happened in February in 2018. Oh, wow. Because, yeah, UB would have been two months. Yep. Not even two months later. February 9th. February 9th. I remember the show. The flyer had Axl Rose and Ice Cube on it. Okay, I'll yeah. take that flyer yeah. Um, oh yeah. So yeah, two months ahead of like of of the festival, like I mean, it definitely it's like okay, like you know, I see why it was like I don't I don't know if I can do this, uh, and everything. Yeah, I mean, you guys are getting like during this time period, sixteen, seventeen, you're getting like you know popularity. People are one hundred percent paying attention to, you know, like you know, like what you guys are doing. I'm sure it's attributed to like. You know, the songs are really fun. I like y'all's early material, some of my favorite material that you guys have done. Fuck like, yeah, thank you, man. Mine I, too. I still I, I still cite Chroniker as like one of my favorite Love it. Thank uh, you. Mind Force songs. And you know, yeah, you're welcome. But uh, you know, like I what this is what I remember. I remember kind of like being like seeing you guys playing with you guys and being like telling people it's like, yo, you guys you gotta check out this band. Uh this band is is they're, like they're it like they're they're the they're the heat you know they got the energy um you know and you guys come up with the demo you come out with the seven inch uh the split is later the dead heat split that was like i think it was right around then i think i remember that being like a, a right around then as well right around um then. you know that set in 18 so I always I always talk about this with people being as somebody that's been around United Blood for a long time. Mm-hmm. There's always a band that is like not like you know like uh, like the like in like sort of like the headliner bracket that has like the breakout set of the year that always happens. And Mind Force was 100% that band that year. Uh, had like set of the day. I remember. I remember very distinctly. Um, yeah, that was a that was like the most triumphant set of my life, man. Especially on a personal level, like yeah. that was my end goal for months of rehab, uh, and uh, it was a big yeah yeah. I broke down. Yeah, I got choked up after I played that set. That was a big deal wow. because of just what I had come back from. You know, um, I didn't think I was gonna. I, I, I didn't think I was going to play again. I wasn't sure if we were going to be a band still. And, um, and the response we got, there was something about 
getting to that fest and feeling the energy of that fest, it was like, it was where we wanted to be because of our sound. It, I just feel like that was the right fest for our sound at the time. It was just, it is. It was just perfect. Yeah. It was just felt, it felt perfect. It was great, man. It was unbelievable. Yeah. That, I mean, like, I mean, like what mind force sounds like y'all's influences, the New York, you know, like classics and everything, but also kind of like with like a modern lens. Yeah. Is like, yeah. It's like exactly what you be as an entity, like really gravitates towards. So, you know, that's one of, out of that's that fest in particular is one of the ones that I just am dreaming of whatever it is when life or if you want to, whatever you want to call after whatever we're in now starts happening again. Well, uh, talk to braces and foster not terribly too long ago. We're going to, you know, go, I guess this summer coming up probably July or August, we're going to go back to, you know, we're, we're going to meet up Fuck yeah. and, and talk about it. So Hell yeah. it's, it's, you know, like I'll put that out in the end of the world right now. Well, you know, we'll be ready. The, oh, I mean, can't wait. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, you know, so you guys, you do, you know, like that's your, tri the triumphant return. You do that split with dead heat. Um, during this time period it just seems like everything is just like increasing. I, I, I had kept it all private too i've only the injury because at the time i don't know why i was worried if people started to hear it they wouldn't go as crazy around me because they would feel worried they would hurt me right so i was like right. i was like I, I like flipped out of my band i was like you can't tell anybody i'm hurt you know i'm weird man i get embarrassed when i get hurt too i, I don't like i don't know i go into my shell when i when i get real fucked up and injured well, also, I think in, like another aspect about Mind Force that like maybe people don't consider uh, is you know it's not like you're like what's up? We're a bunch of twenty one to twenty five year olds that just made this new band. Yeah, we're old fucks, you know, <laughs> and kind of thing. And like, but but think about how popular you are. Like, how often does that happen, if ever? Oh, dude, we, a band. I don't. Like, we talk about this actually, me and Mike. It's, we I mean, we like, can't I, figure it out. We can't figure it out. I mean, well, I think I think one thing that like really okay, because because I love like you know as much as I like love hardcore punk and metal, I, I am. I, I consider myself a highly analytic person. Mm -hmm. And so I look at Mind Force and I start analyzing Hell yeah. stuff. I, I think what it is is this. This is just what, I, what I've arrived at. Yeah. For one thing, your energy is not that of like an older person band. Mm. It, it's a lot of like, it's high energy. It's uh, coming. It's, it's also when Mind Force started, it's like humble. It's not like, yeah, we've been around the block. That was never like the you know, the presentation or anything. It's like, oh, we're doing this because it's fun and we like want to do this and we're like have, and like we do this for the sake of doing it, not, you know, you know, for, for any other reason. And, yeah, uh, yeah. and also it's like, it, it's like you guys, it's like you guys are the type of band that is like, you're not like, oh yeah, we pretty much only listen to stuff that came out pre like 2000 and we don't care about new bands it's like oh, not at all guys, not at all you know yeah we i like i i'm starting to like newer bands better than older bands man i i, I 
That's it. I think another thing too, man, a lot of older guys separate themselves from the modern scene. And we, they do. we were always in the, you know, the circle outside the show of all the young kids, we were in those mm-hmm. circles. And then, you know, yeah. the next, after the next set. So we, we were never those guys because we never stopped. Those older guys or other guys my, my age who stopped, they stopped because people stopped coming to see their bands. We didn't really give a fuck. So we just kept doing it. And then we got lucky. We stuck in, we, we, we stuck in for the long haul and people eventually gave us their ear. Yeah, I mean, I, I, think, I mean, I think you nailed it. It's like you guys never like separated yourselves from, you know, what was what was like going on and you and you said something that i like kind of agree with myself these days where it's like yeah man i care way more about like what's going on in the contemporary because i'm part of the contemporary i'm part of like right now like you know then like like I, i'm not into the whole nostalgia thing of like ah, uh, like nah, that's just it, whack it's, it you know yeah, exactly that's it just is whack, whack it, man you know it it sucks it's like being like oh man it's not like it used to be. And it's like, well, yeah, well, guess what? Like things change, things evolve, things move forward. You can't just like stick yourself. It's just in not natural. Period, you're, you know? you're, you are fighting against the natural way of things when you are yes. living in nostalgia. Th- things move forward. Sharks keep moving. You got to keep mm-hmm. moving. You got to keep looking ahead. That's life, man. That separates, Sharks keep you moving. know, that, that's, I love that. That separates. That separates people who thrive from people who just exist. I mean, I I think you are one hundred percent right, and I mean, like, 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 just like that sentence in itself, like, is is something that you know I think people really need to like keep keep to heart, you know, on that. Yeah. Um. So, you know, like this time period, or you know, UB happens, you've returned, like. You know, and and like things are like looking good. Like looking you know, great. when you know when like you you said you'd written the lyrics to like Excalibur at that time mm-hmm. period. You know how like that record ends up being huge for you guys. Like, can you tell me a little bit about sort of like how that record came together? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's well, Sam you know, creation. Sam from Triple B hit us up to be on his label, and again, talk about how I just love the modern world as much as I, I just love all times of hardcore triple B before we were ever involved in it. I thought was this just the coolest label. It was just had the energy and tone with what I wanted to be because I've always just, I don't know as metal, as metal as mind force gets with our sound being Hardcore in capital letters is really important to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I remember, I, I never forget, Mike sent me a screenshot of Sam's email asking us, do you guys want to be a part of Triple B? And he just texted me and just sent something like, look at this, motherfucker, or whatever. And I was just like, oh, <laughs> shit. I was like, all right. I was like, well, what do they want? I was like, they want a seven inch or they want a full length? He, he was like, they want an LP. I was like, let's do it. And, and uh, you know that month at the show i got hurt (laughs) and then we started writing it we started writing that and um i remember mike i remember mike sending me the excalibur riff and i just knew immediately within hearing it i was just like 
there was just something and maybe I'm wrong, I don't know, but to me there was something just special about it. I agree. I mean, it's a really like notable and catchy riff that people remember. You know, like Mike, I have Mike Mike brings so much shit to me for like it's like for every five things he brings to me, like two of those things will be like, "Oh, that's fire." And then there's always one where I'm like, "Whoa, I'm like that's like timeless." Oh, he's a writing machine. He's man. fucking amazing. Don't get me going. I'll talk the whole podcast. Machine. He's like, he is, um, I look at him, I mean, he's, one of my, he's my best friend, but he is the most unique, inspiring, innovative, I, I can't find the words. I just think he's the greatest guitar player out. I think he's one of the greatest guitar players to walk the earth. I know guitar players out there are probably hearing this and being like, yeah, Jay's talking shit. Listen in close to those Mind Force videos. When Mike starts soloing, you can hear me start talking shit to other guitar players. I go, yeah, you better start practice. <laughs> that, that's a fun fact. You got to listen very close, closely into his solos. I think, oh, dude, I I think that. that he can hang with anyone. I think that he can hang with his idols, which he laughs at me about. I think... I think he sounds like his fucking idols. I, I think he's, I mean, you can hear how excited I get talking about him. I, just, I do, and, it, and, I, because, and it's very real. I just, I, I love being around him, and, you know, he's, he's a special person in my life. I love him. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's great. He's, he's awesome to work yeah. with in a creative capacity. Uh, yeah, I mean, just, you know, like the, the dude rocks, and, and, it kinda, and it very, you know, palpably comes for like, to the front in, in Mind Force's music. Yeah, and, and, and you know, you're, I think what happens next is he gets fucking hurt. Oh? Because we write, we write Excalibur mm -hmm. and we put it out and we play one show. And oh, yeah. We play our record release, which was amazing in Brooklyn. Mm -hmm. And then I, I, I might have been the next week. Uh, fucking that nightmare happened. Yeah, when when was this? Uh, you know what's crazy, dude? I kind of that was January 2019. Okay, so it's about a about a year after you get hurt. Yeah, and and his oh. was a lot more serious and a lot worse. Yeah, I remember he almost like, died. He should be dead. Yeah, yeah, I remember this now, where it was like. Oh, like, like, like here again, like, like, you know, like another tragedy or, or another injury in, in like the mind force camp. And, and it was like the kind of thing where it was like, oh, like, you know, like, they, like they might be done again. We were you done know, for of. a moment when we, when I visited Mike in the hospital, we decided to be done with mind force. But Damn. it wasn't like a mind force. It was kind of like a mind forces over thing, but it was more just like we didn't even like. I don't know why. Why talk about mind force? <laughs> yeah, you know, I was. I'm in there with his with his family. We, you know, we're all together. You know, it, it was more like you know. I didn't think we were going to be a band anymore. I didn't think we were going to be a band. Mike had to figure out how to walk again. You know, right. It was, um, 
it was and and it was um as much as i heard from mike there was a silent part of me that just felt man i wanted to play these songs for people you know and i know mike I mean, uh, mike felt that too you know mike felt yeah. that too and uh that was a hard time man that was a hard time i i mean like i just i completely imagine you know uh dealing with you know like that like this this there's so many road so many like bumps in the road so many like like you know like obstacles into kind of doing this endeavor with your friend and you know and like simultaneously them being like extremely hurt oh that was bad that was bad man that was scary that was scary but you know I mean, I have. I mean, I have everything that I have from hardcore. I told you before. I got my first teaching job from dude from Dissolve's wife. My wife, I met through hardcore, and you know, we helped Mike through hardcore. Like the, it, it was everything I have comes from this, this, this culture of ours. And and I think when something gives so much to you and gives you such a path and such wind in your sails to go through life, which is fucking hard, man. I think that it's only, I think it's your duty to constantly give back to that. That's why even, even you know, just to trail off, even after I do bands, I'll always stay involved in some way. But, and, and, and the reason is because of what it's given to me and, and given to Mike, you know, I mean, really helped his bills between benefit shows and the GoFundMe and the Casey's Alex and Nicole Casey and streets of hate. And it, it was, it was a beautiful light in a moment of darkness, you know? Yes. And I think it shows like, you know, when that many people come out of the woodwork to help somebody within hardcore, it shows how much that person either gives to them or how much that person means to them, you know, in that well in that way it's like maybe it's people that are like oh i love this guy's music so i want to make sure he's okay or maybe it's people that like oh that guy's an amazing friend so i want to you know be there you know with him you know i i tell people all the time it's it's like yeah okay some of the worst people i've ever met in my life i met through hardcore but also the best people that's and that's life man and that's That's life right yeah you know, some of the best people, like, like also the best people I've ever met in my life have been through hardcore. And much like yourself, like you say, you've said a lot of stuff while we've been talking that I've like just so identified. Oh, hell with. yeah, man. But, but you said like everything you have, you owe to this. Yeah. And I feel the exact same way. Everything that like e- every positive, you know, like all like the so much good in my life has come from being involved in this and, and everything. And I, and it's crazy. I know if something bad happened to me tomorrow, oh yeah, you know, I don't want to be too like I want to speculate too much, but I know that there are people that will be there for me that I have formed a bond with because of hardcore, just like Mike had in, in that situation. Yeah, there's nothing like it. There's nothing like it. There isn't, and uh, you know, so you know he, but like you know, as we as we both know, it's like you know during that time period, like you know, he does recover. Yeah, he did. He did. You know, so it's like they're, they're, you know, like the, the, the car. It was in the cards for him that you know, the things did get better. He's and he's killing um, it. He's killing it right now, oh, dude. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I think people and, are gonna be surprised with what he's got coming up next. 
Oh, yeah, I think so, too. <laughs> I think so, too. Um, but uh, for, for, for I'll, I'll put a slight pause, but yeah. for those that uh, listen to our Patreon, you might already know about this. Yeah. Uh, you'll, 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 you, you actually, by this point, let me think about this. When this comes out, oh, no, when this comes out, people have already heard this. Okay. So, all right. So, 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 so it'll be the day after this drops. Well, but people got to get but, ready because, yeah. I mean, Kill Bill, that guy that makes the swords. Mike Shaw mm-hmm. is the guitarist with that dude who is the swords. I mean, oh, this shit, this shit is yeah. He really is. This shit's gonna. Yep. This shit's crazy. But 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 but, but uh, they'll see. Yeah, if, if 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 you're living under a rock and you didn't see the drop that happened yesterday, go go looking in around you know Mike stuff. But uh, uh, you know. When you know, you're in two other you know musical entities, mm-hmm. uh, you know as well, it actually more. But like you know, when does Out for Justice start? And is it around this time period? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Out for Justice, Mind Force played a show because you know, like I said, I'm hanging out with whoever, and uh, some of my, some of the guys I've gotten close with closest with are a lot younger than me. The Streets of Hate guys. Uh, the Long Island kids, and um, we played a show with Fiddlehead in Jersey that Bob Shebb booked. Oh, yeah, I know the show. And uh, Lumpy came, and we got this banging-ass pizza, and over pizza, we were talking about fucking, you know, some of the lesser-known mid-'90s bands, more like the kind of bands that I was first inspired from, like why I started Elevate. And we were like, yo, let's start a band. And I was like, I'll play drums. And we, when we, we, at the same time, we were like, we're going to start a band. We also agreed to put not a miller inch of effort into it whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. And have it just be like fun. And like, also like, like the super groups of the 90s were a big influence. Like, like we look at. I don't know if other people do, but we look at Out for Justice like Scarhead meets Terra F. Okay, sure. That makes sense. And uh, that's like what we were going for. And um, we're way worse than both those bands. But we have a lot of fun and we love it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's you, Lumpy, Kyle. I'm not even sure. There's a lot of members, man. I mean. Whoever. <laughs> whoever's in the room. A lot of, yeah. Uh, our friend Ben from, he was in Recycled Earth and he plays a maniac. Um, okay, yeah. Our friend Junk from, uh, he's he's in he, he's in a lot of bands. He plays drums. I, there's a lot of people in that band, man. Too many. Uh, whoever is in that band. It's really just, you know, a group of friends who plays instruments. Jump on. Me and, okay, me, and, sure. me and Lumpy, we go into the studio together and, and we play all the instruments uh, on the spot. They're just making it up? We just make it up on the spot. He plays bass and guitar and I play drums. And then we get our whoever, all our, all our homies to play when we play oh, like one show every two years. Okay, you about to say, how many times has Alpha Justice played? I think three times or maybe twice. Okay. Twice or three times. Okay. I, I know FYA was one, I, I, but I was trying to think of the other. Um, maybe something at Shakers. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The, that that's yep. the place. That that place was infamous when mid COVID they threw a show I think and served hot oh, yeah. hot dogs. I remember. Yes, I I do remember that the chili dog show. That was yeah. that was kind of the chili dog. Yeah, that was kind of yeah. that caused some controversy. I remember. Ah <sighs> yeah, uh-huh. um, but. Uh, <laughs> 
So, you know, Out for Justice is one of your projects. And yeah. another one that's been recently releasing music mm-hmm. is Pillars of Ivory. Yeah, man, that's fun. When and how did that come together? Well, around a little after United Blood, when Aaron came up to play that United Blood with Death Threat, I think at that weekend he was telling me he was moving back, but he was moving like close to the Hudson Valley. Like he lives really close to the Hudson Valley in Western Massachusetts. Okay. And around this time too, I was really, probably like 2016, 2015, um, I just really got into the Griselda movement and all that shit and there was like oh, yeah. there was like a rebirth in underground rap i mean probably the, the later half from t- 2015 to 2020 was just like i mean people are referring to it as the second golden age as in underground rap and i was really inspired by that and um i started buying equipment that was new to me and i started you know getting into producing and stuff and um i was showing it to aaron and we were hanging out a lot. We were meeting up to get pizza, it was, um, to make pizza together and to eat pizza together and smoke weed the whole time doing it. And uh, I, was tell- I started telling him, I was like, yo, man, we should do like a band that's like, you know, hip hop and hardcore, but like do it where it's like the, the heavy, the- it's not heavy on the hardcore side, it's heavy on the hip hop side. You know, and and right. and I'll just do lots of beats, and like every once in a while there'll be a hardcore song. But at the time, what we had come up with, me and him, smoking weed, eating pizza, we had come up with the hardcore songs be really short and fast. And then, like I don't know what happened. Uh, I don't know whether mine. I don't know why, but it just like went to the wayside. And I even did another band that was kind of like it, Don't Trust the Soul, DTAS. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which had an element of hip-hop to it, but it wasn't as heavy. It wasn't the idea for Pillars of Ivory. Then me and Aaron met up again, and I I also had been hanging out a lot more with Jack from Age of Apocalypse, who is Mm -hmm. just so fucking good. Yep. And... um. I had a real musical connection with Jack. We had jammed a bunch of times over the year before Pillars of Ivory. Um, and he like, Jack is, he's also like the extra member of Mind Force. When Nick can't play, he plays. And he's just, he's like the second coming of Mike, honestly. Ah, he's like the second okay. coming of Mike. Um, and he's amazing. And me and Aaron started hanging out again. And me and Aaron have a particular love for post-hardcore specifically some of the unknown stuff from Connecticut, like Dismay. Right. And also New York City 90s post-hardcore, which is really its own sound to me. And the people who know it know what I'm talking about. So like, like, what do you mean? Like, 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 what bands are you talking about? Bands that were built around the success of Quicksand and Helmet, like Still, okay. like still Suit, like... like um, um uh, shift see and like, i don't i don't know that stuff this yeah like, it's, it's stuff a real regional world. it's a real regional thing but i'm glad you're telling me this because i had a friend recently that was like like that like likes helmet and like and stuff and 
she was asking me she was like can you recommend more stuff like this oh yeah yeah and so it's like still suit and shift i'll, I'll remember those yeah still suit shift orange nine millimeter yeah i gave her that one um, yeah uh and also like um the later leeway shit like the leeway shit that mind force doesn't touch like open like, ma- like open, open mouth, mouth kiss, kiff, like yeah. Like you'll hear some open mouth kiffs riffs on the Pillars of Ivory shit, and um, sure, and uh, also Cold Front, this band from Queens. I don't, I don't know if you ever heard of them. So, I don't know. Yeah, like really specific, specific stuff, man. Like like from Connecticut and New York City, and uh, and you know I I kind of like that kind a lot of that stuff. Some of it Jack knew, but a lot of it I kind of showed him. You know, and 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 he loved it, and we kind of we 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 wrote it all together. Everything was written by me, Jack, and Aaron, the three of us. And uh, right. when we we have a live band with people, when when the time comes, um, yeah, and we have we you know we just we put out this shit recently, and uh, we just the whole thing with that man is we wanted to be different. We wanted to really like my wife. My wife makes fun of Pillars of Ivory. She she says uh, the genre of music that it is is Jay's iPod. <laughs> no, I mean that makes sense though. Because it's like you know, it's just it's just me being bonkers, expressing myself with my two other brothers and those guys doing the same thing, expressing themselves. You know, you know? it's like also like the presentation is a lot different than like a lot, a lot of like other hardcore stuff because it, it it's like in like mixtape format. You know, yeah. Where, it's just like a continuous yeah. sort of yeah. The other, you know. I remember um, that was something that was we were a little. I pushed for that hard. Some of the other guys were a little nervous with that, but um, I'm glad I did it because people responded to it. Listen, man, you got to challenge listeners sometimes. You can't sp- spoon feed them everything. Of course, you know. I mean, I, I think I think you know we fall into the the tropes that have been tried and true you know, too often, you know, lots of the time. Cause I, cause I, if you think about pillars of ivory, mm-hmm. say you get a typical hardcore fan that knows you from uh mind force, but, and you have the songs laid out and like a kind of like a track format yeah. as opposed to like the continuous one. Well, they, they might skip over the hip hop stuff just to get to the hardcore songs that they want to hear. Cause they're used to mind force, but that takes away from like the, the essence of the project. You know, so I, I think putting it in a format where you have to take it all in at once, you know, like kind of forces people to be like, okay, this is this is how this is supposed to be consumed. Listen to it this way. Yeah, I mean, you know, we live in an age, Ace, where I feel like sometimes I'm listening to stuff on Spotify just to check it off a list, just to oh, be dude, like, I I think that all the time, like like, dude. like like, and and it's like, and and I get it. Music is changing, and I'm with it. You know, I'm I'm along. I bought the ticket. I'm along for the ride too. But yeah, same. But I, with the pillars of ivory stuff, you know, I wanted to, I wanted to be a, a like a sit down. You know, I wanted you to to force you to listen. You were the either in or you were out. You know, right, right. Of course, and I mean, obviously, it's, it strikes a chord with a lot of people. A lot of people think it's like interesting and cool. You know, oddly enough, one of the things I noticed. So, like, you know, like during the pandemic scenes have been doing like swap meets in their various areas. Oh yeah. That's cool. Uh, and stuff. When I did the Richmond one, a, I saw a lot of people I didn't know. 
And one thing that was interesting was like I, I suspected they were from out of town or something and traveled to there. Mm. A, so many of them were rocking that green Pillars of Ivory hoodie. Yo, it's crazy. A lot of the 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 merch and the aesthetics. Yo, that's fucking Aaron. Oh, okay. That's fucking Aaron. I'm all like the beats and the wacko music and shit, but like the look, the that's all like. And he, dude, he's he's a genius with that shit, man. And and look back at the history of Death Threat merch; it shows. I mean, they have some of the illest different merch and aesthetics. It's really cool. Their classics go particularly hard. Yo, they you really know, do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His brother, his brother, um, is a talented visual artist who's done a lot of the Death Threat stuff. Okay, yeah. that that helps having that in pocket. Yeah, right yeah. Um, and, and also, you know, in this, this same time period of you doing out for justice, mind force pillars of ivory, you do the project yacht clubbers. Yeah. Yeah. Which is going, we have, we have a, that's, I'm, I'm kind of doing that mostly behind the scenes right now. Aaron's recently, cool. Aaron's joined yacht clubbers Okay. because Aaron, when we first started doing POI, I was making a lot of the beats alone, but then Aaron I'd be making the beats with Aaron chilling on the couch and he'd be like, yo, sample this song. And I'd be like, yo, fucking yeah. Or I'd be like, I do this and I'd be like, yo, is that cool? And he'd be like, fuck yeah. And he like really started producing the beats with me, you know, and, and, and suggesting samples and doing all that stuff. So we just brought him into Yacht Clubbers and Yacht Clubbers were taking our time building our craft, but pretty soon, you know, we're gonna save up a nice bag, and and we're gonna pay. We'll, we'll pay some rappers. You're gonna hear some rappers on our shit soon. Dude, that's sick. We're, we're, I mean, it, you just you know. gotta have for the right price. You can get a lot of people. Sure, I mean yeah. that's how that game goes. Absolutely, yeah. You know, it just, it just comes with the territory. You know, and so, and so it, am I missing? Am I missing any of the? No, musical no, that no. Doing? no, that's like, it. It's really, it's really mind force. Pillars of Ivory out for justice and YC right now okay the pillars of okay. I pillars of ivory yo we were real uh active during the quarantine we've ha we have a whole nother release completed Damn. ready to go that will come out in 2021 i don't know when it's going to come out because it's a split with somebody but it's it's no one anyone would expect and uh it's i think it's our best material yet because i made we wrote it after we wrote the first two demos and then we wrote this and i just i got better at i just i felt like i got better at my craft oh i mean that, that's so cool yeah. and, and like you know and like people will hear this and like surely be super excited especially with the success of the most of leviticus you know yeah just, um so if, if you got something if you got a split with somebody people aren't aren't suspecting i mean you know i i can only imagine uh no it's not hardcore because it's not a, yeah. because no we want to do a split with not a hardcore act because as much as we are hardcore we're not you know we're whatever so right we had right yeah we had a i i wrote i wrote like um for leviticus i wrote with with my my friend like this acoustic like oasis champagne supernova sounding acoustic song that i was gonna put on leviticus oh shit but i was just like at last moment i was like damn it's just it, some of the 
because we one thing that was cool about that band is we're getting like some hip hop listeners that don't know what hardcore is. And oh, I imagine. And I just I was like, oh, if they hear this, they might just then they might jump jump ship. So I might okay. I might wait a little longer, but yeah, that band we'll do any kind of genre we want. Me and Aaron, it's just me and Aaron getting high and being freak shows. <laughs> you know, I mean, a lot of great projects I'm sure started and operate the exact same way. Like like you said, organic doing, or like we talked about earlier, just doing things organic, doing things you know without like yeah, man, like putting too many stipulations on yourself. Uh, so you know that like that sort of takes us like through i guess like you know like yeah like 20 2020 into into now yeah yeah um you know i i think the only thing we haven't spoken about is that like you know like i i know like mind forces had the opportunity to like play all over mm. you know like like west coast italy yeah, we um, never made it to italy because of the COVID. Oh, I thought that happened. No, nah, it happened right at it. It shut down. COVID was wilding in Italy at the time. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That, I remember but that was, one of the that was uh, that's 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 a big deal for me, man. I, I want to go to Italy. I want to meet people that have my name that I've never seen. I want to. Uh, I, yeah, man, I'm trying to drink a bottle of wine under the under the Roman ruins, bro. You feel I, me? I mean, <laughs> I hope that happens for you, my man. You know, I just, I hope, I hope so too. Yeah, we never, we never left the country, Mind Force. Oh man, I, I bet people are chomping at the bit to see y'all in other spots. I want to. Um, it's, it's that is tough. That is tough with work and shit. It's got to be the right timing. Of and I, yo, I'll keep it real with you, dude. This is kind of silly. I don't do well on the plane, bro. Okay. I don't do well. Okay. I'll do it. I do it, but I'm not having a good time. Like it's definitely not sick. No, it's, I, 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 I'm on a plane pretty often, and it definitely like, especially like you get to like the last, say like third of a flight or wherever you're going. If it's a long flight, and you're like, "Give me the fuck." Yeah, off this you can't thing, smoke you know? weed. <laughs> no, you know, I, it's just. I don't think you can. You just. It's just. I don't know, man. And also. You know, to sound like a fucking owl, ancient owl. Uh, you know, it hurts my back. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, dude. To also sound like that as well. Yeah. Got got off like you know, uh, a flight sometime this year. The next day, I could like, like barely walk. Yo, it's bad. You know? It's bad. I, I was like, I was like, oh my god. No, I, I wish you could just stand for. I wish they had a standing oh, yeah. area. I don't know. What I will say this during COVID, what's been kind of dope because I've been on a plane a lot, uh, is there's nobody on planes. That's sick. So That's sick. You'll get like a you'll get like a whole row to yourself and just like lay down. I've been like laying down on mad planes. Um, and I'll say so this like, too: since COVID, I will not let that stop me from going anywhere. Once shit starts popping, I'm there, man. Oh, you start a pre you, I mean, like because of this, because of COVID. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate so much more, man. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I'm, Definitely. I'm just like, oh, like that's facts. You know, yeah, like, and I think that's one thing that like everybody, I I hope, at, 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 you know, has some kind of practice of now is thinking like, oh, think about all the stuff that like you used to be able to do on a regular basis that like, you know, you can't do it all now, and we're getting closer to being able to do it again. You know, like shows, meeting up, you know, with like friends, traveling and stuff like that. Like, don't take that shit for granted. 
Yeah, you know? and, for uh, real. And, and, and like you know, or like to bring it back to you, like don't take seeing mind force for granted because you had a long time period where you didn't get to see my. Yeah, force, yeah. Know? Come, come, oh. fucking do karate and stage dive. <laughs> but yeah, man, that that takes us to now. Yeah, and man. Uh, if is is there anything that you want to leave the people with uh, before we sign out here? Uh, just turn your mistakes into lessons. You know what I mean? I mean, the theme of my journey has been, you know, off to a good start, rode through shaky waters, but turned out righteous, peaceful, and beautiful. You know, I live a very beautiful life, a very privileged life right now. Um, and, uh, yeah, turn your mistakes into lessons. I love that. You're a beautiful person and an inspiring person. Thanks, Ace. I'm really, I'm really glad that uh thanks. I'm really glad that you were able to uh to come on here, man. Yeah, man. Peace.